Hi everyone, and welcome back to what we now call this podcast, the Global Diamond Broker Podcast. I'm your host, Judy Lee, and this is my co-host, Colin Ferguson. Don't look down on me like that. I am the talent. Okay? You are the that talent. That hasn't changed yet. We're on episode 18. It's hard to believe we're it's hard to 18 believe. episodes in. Yeah, and Colin's TikTok famous. Yeah, I guess that's how it happened overnight, right. eh? That I became TikTok famous. He says it took him 40 years to become an overnight sensation. And we should start by telling them the story of you being in the jacuzzi. I, I mean- don't think we should be talking... <laughs> Really? You think they're interested in me in a jacuzzi? No, tell them the Qantas pilot story. Judy is a little confused most of the time, <laughs> particularly when we go to to tape the podcast, okay? Like, it becomes more confusing. Can Try working with her. Can you talk into the mic, please? Try working with her. Oh, you'd um, love it. Scolds me constantly. You never well, know what's going to happen. Why would come to scold you if he didn't give me reasons to oh scold you? Oh, my Lord. Anyway, what she's talking about is the fact that we started... Mm-hmm. First of all, we don't advertise. We don't have a budget for it. Yeah. Um, we, started, we do everything in-house. I put in all the work. Nothing scripted. It's true you do. You're amazing. I'll give you that. But we, we decided we would give TikTok a try. And I guess I've gone viral now three or four times. So I'm TikTok famous. The jacuzzi story is this. The other night I'm sitting in a jacuzzi. I exercise a lot. And there's a steam room and a place to go jacuzzi. And there's this lovely couple from Australia in there. And we start chatting, and the guy keeps looking at me really strangely. And then all of a sudden, he goes, hey, are you that diamond guy on TikTok? <laughs> and this, these people are from Sydney, Australia. Of all places. Visiting, it's right? It's kind of funny, because you've done a lot of work in Australia. I've done a lot of work in Australia. <laughs> and so that's what she's referring to. But... But yeah, episode 18, and, and the new name is because what we found is what, what was important to our clients was more than just tales of trade, trust, and betrayal, mm-hmm. but was what's going on in the diamond industry today. And, and I think we need to talk about that because the changes in the diamond industry today are the most profound in its history because whoever would have thought that what formed at the center of the earth three billion years ago and came up through volcanoes to the surface and you know became the the ultimate symbol of love globally not just here in north america and not in australia but globally Mm -hmm. every country in the world trades in 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 diamonds whoever would have thought that that process could be done in laboratories are we keeping you from something, Judy? I mean, <laughs> sorry, I mean, sorry. Okay, you're not allowed to wear that thing anymore during the <laughs> podcast, okay? She gets messages on her wrist. Um, but whoever would have thought that... Um, They're creating these in laboratories. In laboratories. In weeks. In weeks. weeks. And nobody can tell the difference. So, so right off the bat, one of the things that we have to clear up, because really what's happening is... is you know, technology and the evolution of, of the process for diamonds, I guess you might call it, has found a more ethical, sustainable. more economical, more sustainable, more environmentally friendly to, to produce a product. And, and there's no difference. So for any of you out there who think that we're talking about 
a diamond simulant, like like a moissanite, like moissanite, or but CZ. moissanite's not even a CZ. Yeah, a CZ. These things that are just cut. We're not talking about that. We're not talking about any of that. We're talking about diamonds. Carbon. Yeah. There's no difference between the a lab grown. The best trained eyes in the world can't tell the difference, and so. So this is the world we're living in today. And, and I think for diamond buyers, you know, and I'll say this right off the bat too. If my 24-year-old professional hockey playing son came to me today and said, Dad, I'm getting engaged. First of all, I'd try to talk him out of that. <laughs> I was going every... <laughs> like, like, like all his buddies would. Everybody does. Every time a guy goes to get engaged, it's like, why? Why are you getting engaged? Like, anyway. But if he, theoretically, if he did come to you and say, hey, Dad, I want to get engaged, what would you recommend? I would recommend a lab-grown diamond. Mm-hmm. Technologically and, mined is what we refer to them yeah, yeah. as. They're they're not all equal. They're like mine diamonds. There's a lot of issues with them. But from an environmental and an ethical perspective, and not to mention the money, the cost, mm-hmm. and you know the paradigm whenever I talk about people owning diamonds is about not buying them, but owning them and, and owning them forever together. And so this is a big issue. I know it's a big issue that's spoken about a lot. There's lots of articles. If, yeah, if you're yeah. interested, Google this issue. Speaking of articles, there was one a few months ago, I want to say, um, from Forbes, where LVMH announced that labs are luxury. And, and LVMH is the biggest luxury company in the world. Mm-hmm. And so I've made some bold predictions. I pick on Tiffany a lot. Yeah. But LVMH owns like uh, Mouton Cadet is one of the luxury brands that they own. They own the Louis, Louis Vuitton, Vuitton yeah. luxury brand. They own these companies. So now what they've done is they've come out and said that lab-grown diamonds, ethically, environmentally, are luxury. That's it. But guess who else they own? Tiffany? They own Tiffany. And if you listen to the podcast, I kind of pick on Tiffany a little bit. But I did make this prediction that Tiffany, and I've said it to many clients, are going into the lab-grown industry. Because they all are. They can't afford not to. Right now, De Beers Diamond Corporation, the legendary, iconic mining corporation, who, by the way is the largest producer of lab-created diamonds in the world. You can Google all of this. And I, I challenge people when I talk about things to, to, to challenge me. Mm-hmm. GE, General Electric, and De Beers have been into the, in bed together in the two mammoth companies, mm-hmm. Goliaths, really. Um, my middle name's David. There's a bit of a... Okay. Anyway. Um, but but giant companies have been into the lab-created diamond business for 50 years. Mm-hmm. They knew this was coming. In fact, De Beers right now is spending a minimum of $80 million, Did I say a minimum of? I sort of ran that... Minimum you know, of? Okay. <laughs> but a minimum of $80 million U.S. dollars in the great state of Oregon mm-hmm. to be able to tell American consumers that their diamonds are American made. It's a different world in the diamond industry. Mm-hmm. The mine diamond is, uh, 
in my opinion, is a dodo bird. We're going to start to see the mines start to close. It's kind of a dying culture now. My inside trader, and I can't say who it is. I have many friends in De Beers. De Beers' expectations are that very soon, I've got to watch how I word things here, <laughs> that 80% of the engagement rings very, very soon are going to be... Lab? Created in a laboratory. Mm-hmm. I mean, the pricing difference, the, the economics of it are so compelling, it's hard not to. Mm-hmm. But then when you understand that this is a diamond. This was the hardest part for me after 40 years in the industry. And, you know, the first one, I, if anybody would have ever said to me, Colin, you're going to sell lab-created diamonds three or four years ago, I would have said, no way in the world. But, but we did, and, and I'll always know sort of ground zero for us who the client is. It's a very intelligent, very financially secure client who um, made the choice based on the information at the time. And, you know, it was funny. I had a chance to talk with them recently mm-hmm. about their ring. And this is a ring I made over three years ago, okay. which is a three carat. So it's out there. People are going to notice this diamond. And I said, you know, because the, the paradigm isn't buying. The paradigm's owning, right? Like like after you own your diamond, you're not going to think about the cut, the cut, the cut. If you have the most beautiful diamond in the room, there's tremendous value in that, of course. But then what do people say? And in the three and a half years she's had her ring, not one person has ever questioned whether it's a diamond. Mm-hmm. Because it is. Mm-hmm. Right, stunning, absolutely beautiful stone, but it is a diamond, and um, and it's a more ethical diamond, and it's more environmentally. And I don't want to go on about this too much. Obviously, I've become a big fan, but one of the things that drives me crazy is the spin that the industry p- tries to put on these things. And what do you mean by that? So, so yesterday, I and I'm a student of the industry. Right, Like I get up every morning at 6 in the morning and I read all the alerts. I have my coffee. I know what's going on at every level of the industry. I, mm-hmm. I traveled the world globally to hands-on from, you know, Delhi and in northern, India, uh, northern China to India to all these countries. And um, uh, to Los Angeles, which is a big diamond center, to New York, because the biggest diamond consumer in the world, people may not know this right now, is the United States. In fact, if you took every comp- country in the world that buys diamonds and put them all together, 51% still go to the States. They're still wow. the biggest consumer against every other country. Wow. Okay? And, but yeah, they're the biggest consumer, and eight... Eight billion. <laughs> India cuts nine out of ten diamonds in the world. I'm running lots of st- statistics. No, this, this is good though. But eight. This, this is, is a thirty billion dollar industry. Mm-hmm. Eight billion are being cut and shipped to the United States. Wow. The the next year, at least two out of four engagement rings, fifty percent. How did I come up with two out of four? Three out of six. Four out of eight. 
<laughs> Goodness. Well, what is the statistic now? Isn't it a quarter of or one out of four engagement rings are it's lab grown? It's it's probably higher. The, the industry's been trying to shroud it. It was funny because they were trying to justify in this uh, podcast I listened to, this trade podcast <clears> I listened <throat> to yesterday. They were trying to justify a reason to have a mine diamond. I'm curious as to what reasons they were giving. Would you want to take a guess? Here's what it is, okay? Yeah. So so the fact that De Beers and I mean I guess to a certain degree it's 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 legitimate, mm -hmm. but the fact that De Beers helps these country these small communities in these remote areas by making them filthy, rotten, stinking rich by going up and buying their land rights mm -hmm. and then mining the diamonds. And you know, we only need to look at northern Canada. But the mines are closing. The mines have matured. There's been no new mine opened since 1992. Really? I didn't know that. Yeah, no. I, I, who would know it? This is why we're backstage. Who would ever? Wow. The industry doesn't want you to know. Mm -hmm. And the mines that are out there now are maturing. Because I can tell you who does know what's going on is De Beers. Mm -hmm. They're in bed with the GIA. They're in bed with LVMH. Or they're construction. They're, they're the biggest producer of lab-grown diamonds in the world and again by far it's like the united states the diamonds that get sold and bought so so that's it and so we don't you know we get calls from all over the world especially now to, lately with tiktok our uh, reach has been global so so it, it's always kind of been it's global. been global that's but it's the whole <laughs> i'm just kidding you don't look at me like that She's okay, I'm just going to stop talking. I'm going to be in trouble after I'm going to stop so talking. I'm, Why don't you carry on Is that a possibility that you're going to stop talking? Is it a possibility for you? Because I don't <laughs> think so. Um, no, but I'm just saying with TikTok, we've been extremely busy. Extremely busy And globally. from all over the world, yeah. We, we've d diamonds to Indiana, to, to Australia, Australia. And, and points in Australia, towns we've never even heard mm -hmm. of. Um, so we're very popular in Australia. We're very popular in the United States. Um, there was another country that was, oh, Morocco. I'm getting messages from mm. Morocco and all over the world. And everybody, and I kid you not, have we had anybody ask about a mine diamond? Well, we've had people inquire about mine diamonds just and because of, you know, the lack of knowledge that they have with lab grown. But as soon as we've educated our clients it's like just like that they're like okay lab grown and and, and we don't have a bias if you want no no absolutely diamond, not there's stockpiles of them right. we negotiate <clears throat> now on on behalf of anybody who's trying to buy them the funny one is Kay's jewelers a giant chain in the united states who wrote an apology in the papers because mine diamonds were in their bags of uh, of of the earrings they were selling somehow so even though they're you know you're told they cost three times as much or four times as much which is smoke as well um is uh, they're embarrassed that these things somehow found their way into their supply chain because you know in the great state of california a diamond that came out of a mine they're referring to them as the fur coats of the gem industry which is kind of frightening yeah. people who have mined diamonds are telling people, people that's their lab oh my gosh so so this is what's going on in the industry today mm -hmm. um the 
industry is, it's really brought the industry as I knew it to its knees. And, and I can assure you, for me to be sitting here and, and saying that I would recommend it to my family is, is a very serious thing for me because I was like most of the people in the industry. I thought it was not a diamond. I thought it was something bad. And, and I was drinking the snake oil that the industry was selling at the time. Mm -hmm. So I think it's important to stay educated and that's what we're here to do is educate exactly. and inform. Like we, we just want to inform on the mm -hmm. facts. You know, mm -hmm. if you want one, um, please get it uh, from a mine. But understand you're going to pay up to four times as much for the exact same thing. And it's interesting because when we go to to work and search for these diamonds for our clients, there's so many mine diamonds out there. So many. Right? So many, yeah. And then we go and look for that same diamond that was, you know, technologically mined, and it's few. They're hard to get. They're hard to get. Especially the quality. The quality stones. that we have, yeah. Yeah. And so it, it's become, you know, and then there's the other problem of identification. So mm -hmm. if you have a mine diamond, how do you know it's mined anymore? Mm -hmm. You know, the GIA, the Gemological Institute of America, who are the most advanced laboratories in the world. I've read a funny article this morning where the GIA got things wrong. I've talked before about the, the diamonds they had through recently, 70 of them, where they graded them all as mined or quote-unquote natural, and they were all out of a laboratory. This is the most advanced laboratories in the world. They, uh, an article I read this morning uh, called the GIA stand was God in all is the way they... God in all. God in all. God in all is the way the GIA looks at themselves. Now, this is a corporation who is not infallible. In fact, I myself had sent several stones back where we disagreed on the grading. One of them I sent back five times until they ultimately agreed with me mm. on what the stone was. Mm -hmm. And it was a chameleon diamond that changed color naturally. And because it didn't have green in it, and the GIA said it has to have green in it, which isn't true, um, they wouldn't grade it as chameleon. You could see it change color in front of your very eyes. Most remarkable diamond. What the heck? And so five times, and what they did was they brought in what we were told, their advanced graders, and they heated the diamond up so much that they saw a fleck of green, and so they gave me the oh call. My God. Right? Like That's too funny. Smoke. Just smoke. So... So anyway, that's what's going on in the diamond world today. This is the biggest thing going on in the diamond world today. We, we want, you know, we're here as the global diamond broker to help you get the facts so you can make the right decision on a diamond. And this is what we do. If you go on our TikToks, it's the global diamond broker. Uh, if you go on our Instagram, it's all the same. It's all the same. The message is the same. Our competence and credibility in the industry is unrivaled. You know, this week on Instagram, I posted some really interesting things like the million dollar invoices from the Argyle Pink Diamond Miner up there now. And so, yeah, so so this is our new format. Our new format is to help you buy diamonds. It's that simple. It's it's you want prices, you want quotes. We're here to do that. But you want the truth. That's kind of our calling. And that's what we're here to do is to, to share with you the information. So. And, and again, please challenge me on anything you think that we say or Judy says. Uh, 
that that isn't accurate because I can assure you we're accurate <laughs> right that's right I think that's it for this week I, I think, think that's it a, I think I've done a heck of a job again <laughs> right like I'm amazing right you really are if it wasn't for Judy we wouldn't do any of this she needs lots of love these days because she's not feeling that well <laughs> Okay. But but we produce all of this in-house ourselves. We have... Uh, sorry, correction. I <laughs> I produce everything. In-house herself, and she really does. She's amazing. And so questions, please reach out. Or leave a comment in the in the video down below. You know, yeah. if you have any questions. On or, are we on YouTube? On YouTube, yeah. Spotify? Yep. Well, you can't leave comments on Spotify, but you wouldn't know that. Um, you can leave a comment or questions. I wouldn't know that. <laughs> I, I don't um, know anything. It's social media. I, that ship sailed on me. Yeah, it's okay. Is it? It's what I'm here for. And it is what, one of the things you're here for. Mm -hmm. You're a remarkable person. Aww, Grateful Colin. to have you. We have a lot of fun and we get a lot of good done. Yes. Well, thanks so much for listening. And once again, we are the Global Diamond Broker Podcast. Oh, I am the... Oh, yeah, podcast. <laughs> Let me Diamond. talk. <laughs> All right. Bye, everyone. God bless. <laughs>